Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over the different green pool cleanup methods. Depending on your area and your filter and a lot of other factors would be the method you would choose for a green pool cleanup. And I'll go over some of the options here so that when you are cleaning a green pool, you'll have a full arsenal of different methods in your tool belt. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. One thing that I get all the time on my green pool videos is a comment that says, Why don't you just drain the pool? You know, why waste all this time turning it around, using chemicals, using the flock method? Just drain that thing and refill it. Well, there's a couple reasons why draining the pool may not be the first option. The first reason, of course, is the fact that many municipalities and cities will not allow you to drain a green pool into the street. Or in some cases, they won't even let you drain a pool into the sewer system. You have to check with your area to find out the rules. And then you're going to be wondering, well, how would anyone know that I'm draining a green pool out anyway? Well, a neighbor more than likely will call you. Also, if there's a lot of water being let out into the streets, a lot of times the city inspector will get a call from maybe the fire department or someone else driving by, a police officer, and they'll go investigate where all this water is coming from. And if they trace it to your backyard here in California, some of the tickets start as high as $10,000, believe it or not. In fact, one time when I was cleaning a D filter, the city came by. I'm not going to mention the city, but they came by and they were harassing me pretty severely over the fact that, you know, some of the, the water was running off into the sh- into the gutter, into the street, and they were planning on giving me a ticket. And that would have amounted, I don't know what the city was going to charge, but I think it was around $1,000 at that time for a fine for getting the runoff into the sewer system. But I, you know, just pretty much got away with it. It was a warning at that point. It's one of those things where, you know, you have to check with your city if you can even do it. The second problem is after you drain the green pool, you still have the algae problem to deal with in that empty pool. So you're going to have to do a few steps. You may have to get a, you know, a waste pump or a shop vac and get all the dead algae and all the gunk out of the bottom. You may need to do a chlorine wash. So it's not as simple as just draining the water and refilling the pool. There are a lot of things to consider when you're draining. Also, the cost of the water to refill. Some areas have a penalty when you go over a certain amount. So in in my area, there is actually a penalty for using too much water per month. And it's actually a two-month period where they bill you. And if you go over the limit during that two-month period, the fees are pretty steep. I mean, you can you can go from a normal water bill of 150 to five or $600 easily by refilling a pool in my particular area. So those are considerations when you want to drain a green pool. Is it allowed by your city? Are you going to get fined for it? And, you know, the cost of refilling the pool is also a factor. And if you could turn a pool around without draining it, to me, that's probably the wiser method. 
the more environmentally friendly method, quote unquote, and probably the less expensive method if you have an area where the water is kind of prohibitive as far as charging for penalties for going over a certain limit. My preferred method is called shock and awe, and I got this term from the first Gulf War. I was just getting out of high school, I believe, when the first Gulf War started right around that time. And in the news, when they were bombing, you know, Iraq like crazy, you know, they called it shock and awe because they were just launching so many missiles, cruise missiles and whatnot, dropping everything they could. And they called that shock and awe. And that's kind of the same concept when you're chemically bombing a pool. I call it shock and awe because you're putting enough shock or chlorine in there that if an elephant walked in there, it would probably die. That's just an exaggeration. Probably not. But you want to put enough chemicals in that pool to actually turn that green pool around without it being a misfire. Because one of the things that happens if you don't do this correctly, you're wasting product, wasting money, wasting time. So you want to be sure that the shock and awe method is going to work. And there's a couple other factors in the shock and awe method that you need to have lined up if you want this to be successful. The number one thing with the shock and awe method is that the pool must have functioning equipment. You have to have a filter that is clean, and you're going to have to clean the filter, by the way, before you start this method. I would suggest cleaning the filter before you start any of the green pool methods, but especially the shock and awe method. So if you take the filter lid off and the cartridge filters look like they've been in there since the 1980s, you definitely want to replace them. This sounds counterintuitive. Why would I want to put a new cartridge in there and have all this algae gunk go in there? Well, the new cartridges are going to help tremendously because of the fact that they're new. And it's not a big deal because you're going to rinse them off and get all the dead algae off of them anyway. The pores on a new cartridge are clean and ready for this kind of cleanup. And it's not really going to shorten the life of the cartridges too much by putting a new one in. If you have a single cartridge filter, definitely pull that old cartridge out. Start with a fresh cartridge right away while you're doing the green pool cleanup process. And the same thing with the quad type cartridges. It sounds, again, counterintuitive to get rid of the old cartridges and put brand new ones in that are going to get covered in algae, but it's something that is necessary and it's actually going to make this process work really well for you. So I definitely would recommend doing that. And you want to inform the customer that part of the process of your cleanup is replacing the filter elements if needed. More than likely they're going to be needed, especially if the pool's been green for a while. So prep them for that. Let them know the price of the four cartridges or the single cartridge. And then if they have a D filter, replacing the grids also is a smart thing to do. Now, when you take it apart, the grids may look fairly good, but I always like to replace them when I'm doing the green pool cleanup if I need to. I can pretty much tell from experience that the grids are old. They're kind of stained. You can tell by the material on top, you know, how old they are, basically by the threads and how worn they are. If you can see the ribs of the of the, the uh, grids clearly, then they're definitely worn out. You shouldn't be able to see the black ribs in there. They shouldn't have anything poking out of them either. So I like to change the grids also, all eight of them, when I do a green pool cleanup. It does help tremendously. Again, the same thing. These grids are going to be brand new, and so they're going to be able to help you accelerate the green pool cleanup. And then it'll hinder you more if you're using old filter elements as you're doing the green pool cleanup. Not that you can't do it, and not that you have to replace the filter elements, but it does make the process go a lot easier when you do that. And I've done it both ways before, and I definitely prefer changing out the filter elements, the cartridges and the grids when I do the green pool cleanup versus using the old ones during, during this process. It makes it a longer, more drawn out process and more filter cleanings. 
if you're dealing with a sand filter, which is not very common in my area, I believe, you know, I was talking in my group that over the years, since 1988, when I first started, I think I've had like three or four sand filters on my route in total. So it's not something that's very common. There are sand filters sometimes on water features on my route. I don't count those. I'm just counting the ones that are in the pool. And it's very rare, but you definitely want to backwash the sand filter. And if necessary, you want to change the sand out and put fresh sand in there. But if there's a sand filter, chances are you may want to do the flock method instead. And I'll go over that just in a little bit here for you. So the shock and awe method requires a lot of chlorine in the pool. There's all different levels of green pool. If you can see the first step, I would say that's level one. If you can see, if you can't see the steps at all, that's probably level two or three. If you're looking at a swamp green type pool and definitely you have mosquito, mosquito larvae and frog larvae growing in there, or tadpoles, I guess that's what they're called then you definitely have a level four or five on your hands. Now, one thing to note, I mentioned that draining the pool can be prohibitive for a lot of reasons, but there is a rule of thumb that you probably want to utilize. That is if there is about three inches of gunk on the bottom, you know, like silt, dirt, whatever. And this is like a green pool that's been there green for two or three years. And you may run into one of these. If there is two or three inches of this stuff on the bottom, chances are the shock and awe method and the flock method are going to be ineffective because there's just way too much junk on the bottom of that pool. So you're going to have to do the draining, chlorine wash it, you know, get a shop vac to get all of the junk out of the bottom, scoop all the debris out. It's really a laborious process. So I definitely would consider passing on something that far gone if you need to. I mean, if you need the work, take it. But a pool that's that far gone, I wouldn't even try to turn around at that point with any of these methods except draining it. So that's the one exception that I would make and draining a green pool. And then, of course, you have to check with your city to see what can be done or how you can drain it. You might have to add some chlorine to turn it to like a milky blue color before you drain that pool. So these are a real mess, and you may run into something like that. But most in most cases, there isn't two or three inches of silt and junk on the bottom. So the shock and awe method will work perfectly fine. So the filter is number one. Of course, the pump needs to be operating. And then what you're going to do is you're going to get all the leaves out of the pool. That's the first step. Usually they're on the top, maybe some on the bottom. So get all that out. Brush the pool really well. Of course, clean the filter at the very beginning or replace the elements. And then you're going to shock the pool by adding a lot of chlorine to the pool. Now my formula has changed over the years. I wanted to make it more bulletproof. So I have a new formula that you can use to bring the chlorine level up to 50 parts per million or higher. And that is one gallon of 12.5 liquid chlorine per 1,000 gallons of water, or one pound of Cal-Hypo per 1,000 gallons of water. So if you have a 20,000-gallon pool, you're putting 20 gallons of liquid chlorine in there, or you're putting 20 pounds of Cal-Hypo in there. Now, there's some cautions with the pool surface types, of course. If you have a vinyl pool, you want to go with liquid chlorine. There's some debate about, oh, if adding all that liquid chlorine will ruin the liner. But that's simply not the case, because most of that chlorine is going to be destroyed within the first hour, a lot of times there's algae that's covering the liner. The chlorine is going to be used up very rapidly as it's destroying the algae and the algae spores. So it's not like you're putting 20 gallons of liquid chlorine into a liner pool that already is clean and clear. That's probably unadvisable. You're putting 20 gallons of liquid chlorine in a vinyl liner pool that's covered in algae. That's The, the chlorine is not going to last in there for more than one or two hours. And so it's not something that's going to damage the liner. Most pool pros back east deal with the vinyl liners and they do the shock and awe method without any issues. But if you feel hesitant about doing that, of course, there's a secondary method, which is the flock method, which I'll touch on in a second. 
but the shock and awe method requires a large amount of chlorine to be effective. Now you can use an algicide, you can use something like a pool RX, you can even put a whole bottle of phosphate remover in the pool and you can dump it directly into the water and this is an effective way to help accelerate and enhance the chlorine that you're using in the pool. Now PoolRx says you can, you know, use a PoolRx for a green pool cleanup and use maybe, you know, two or three gallons of liquid chlorine in a, in a scenario like I described. But I think you need to really shock that pool. And I, I disagree with the recommendation to use enough chlorine to bring it to like five or five parts per million. You want to bring it to 30 to 50 parts per million when you're doing a green pool cleanup just to make sure that this is going to be successful. So you clean the filter and then you brush it, get all the debris out, add all the chemicals to it. And then you're going to run the pool for 24 hours and return the next day to clean the filter, check the chemistry level. If the chlorine has dropped down to 5 parts per million or 3 parts per million or even 0, you're going to bring it back up to 30 to 50 parts per million again with another dose of chemicals. And then that should cure just about any green pool. And then as the days go on, day 3, 4, and 5, it's going to be milky blue. And then by the weekend and by the next week, you should be able to see the pool fairly clearly. It may still be a little bit cloudy, so you may have to backwash the filter or clean the filter one more time. But I can guarantee you within a week of doing the shock and awe method, if you do it correctly, you'll have really good results. Now there's also the, you know, I have people say, why don't you check the pH and the cyanuric acid? And if the cyanuric acid is too high, you should drain it. My whole goal is to get the pool turned around first and then I have to do a partial drain later. I'll do that. Typically when you're doing the shock and awe method, most of the pools are going to have a pretty high pH, you know, 8.0, 8.2. Rarely are you going to find a green pool cleanup where the pH is like 7 or 6.8, but that does happen sometimes. And in that case, you're going to have to add some soda ash to the process to bring that pH up. You don't want that low pH in the pool running the equipment. So make sure the pH is within range, but typically you're going to find the pH is high in these green pool cleanups. And the cyanuric acid may be high, but I wouldn't worry about that at this point. Once the pool is turned around and you have it blue, you can drain two or three feet out of that pool with no problems. You're not going to have any problem with the city. And it's going to actually be good to drain it afterwards when it's clear so that you can balance the pool. You know, you don't want to spend too much time balancing the pool before you drain it. Some people will drain like half the pool down. In that case, I would just drain the whole pool down before you start the process. It doesn't make any sense to go to those kind of lengths if you want to save the customer money on their water bill then drain the whole thing down in that case if you're going to drain half the pool before the green pool process starts. Have I had failures with the shock and awe method? Only one time, and this is my own mistake. I was using the customer's chemicals at the pool. They had bought like, you know, 30 gallons of, of Clorox bleach for me to use. She put it by the poolside. They were like uh, quart gallons. I don't know what they were called or half gallons. But she got them from like the 99 cent, 99 cent store. And they were like totally expired. So when I poured them all in, I noticed something weird was happening. They weren't really effective. I didn't think too much about it. I'm like, well, the customer has chlorine here. I'll use it up. But that was my only failure was using the customer's chemicals. So I've, I've always made a rule not to even touch the stuff they have on the side of their house. They can use that for something else. And you really aren't going to fail if you do this method with these steps that I outlined here. And you put enough chlorine again to bring it to 50 parts per million in that pool and to keep it there at least until the pool starts to turn around and you have a partially blue pool. Now running the filter 24 hours the first day, and then you want to run it maybe 24 hours the next day, and then try to run it as long as possible the, the consecutive days after that. 
and you want to run it at a higher RPM. A lot of people have VS pumps now, so you don't want to run it at like 1800 RPMs for 24 hours. That's not going to be effective. Run it at 3100, 3300 RPMs for that 24 hour period, the 48 hour period. And then after that, for 16 hours or 20 hours, you want to keep it running at 3100 RPMs. Don't really worry about the electric bill at this point. The point is getting the pool cleared up and turned around properly so that it doesn't short circuit the process. The flock method is pretty popular in Texas and back east where they have a lot of sand filters and they have a multi-port valve with a waste mode. This is really crucial in the flock method because you're going to use alum aluminum sulfate. You can use a liquid form of it or a powdered form. But you're going to be adding a certain amount of this and this is going to drop down to the bottom as it drops everything out. Basically what the aluminum sulfate does is drop all of the algae to the bottom and this allows you to vacuum all of it out. You don't need to shock the pool or add any chemicals to it when you're doing the flock method. The aluminum sulfate will do the job for you. The pool will look kind of murky and then you'll be able to see the bottom. It's really an amazing process. The problem is you're adding 8, 10, or 12 pounds of the flocculent or flock to the pool and this is going to drop down to the bottom. So not only do you have, you know, eight pounds of dead algae on the bottom, which is like, you know, half an inch of dust on the bottom. You also have, you know, 10 pounds of flock on the bottom also. So most filters can't take this kind of vacuuming. If you tried to vacuum all that into a D filter or a cartridge filter, you'd probably get one or two, you know, lanes cleaned and then you'd have to clean the filter. So you need the vacuum to waste mode for this to be effective. If you have a pool with a multi-port valve, sometimes DE filters have the multi-port valve with the waste mode, then I would recommend using the flock method because you have a way of vacuuming all this stuff out. Now you lose about one or two inches of water, and there's a theory uh, by Rudy Stankiewicz that the aluminum sulfate does lower the cyanuric acid level. I can see some possibilities with that. So if the cyanuric acid level is at 200 and you flock the pool and you can eliminate half of that, bring it down to 100, that would be like a perfect one-two punch. You eliminate the green pool and you lower the cyanuric acid with only draining one or two inches of water out. The lowering of the cyanuric acid can't really be explained just by draining one or two inches of water out when you're vacuuming the waste. So I think the aluminum, aluminum sulfate does have some kind of reaction with the cyanuric acid to cause that effect. So what you do is you'll turn the pool on and put it in recirculate mode for half an hour. Then you're going to add the flock, either a liquid or a powder form. Run that pool for half an hour and recirculate. And then you're going to turn the pool off. And you want to let it sit off for 24 to 48 hours. Now this process can be ruined by the customer when they go out there and they're like, hey, the pool's not running, and they turn the pool on. This has happened before. So you definitely want to make sure you turn the breaker off. Put a note there saying, do not turn pool on. You know, green pool cleanup process started. And then you'll come back in 48 hours and you should be able to see the bottom clearly with all the dust on the bottom. Now, if you can't see the bottom, then you probably did not add enough flock to the pool and you've kind of short-circuited the flock method. So you want to make sure you add plenty of the flock to the pool. Look at the bottle, calculate the gallons, and just add a little bit extra. In my, in my thinking, that's probably the safest thing to do because you're going to vacuum it all out anyway. And then you're going to vacuum it all out to waste. And this process is probably a little bit slower than the shock and awe because by day two or three, the pool's looking a lot better in the shock and awe method. By, by day two or three in the flock method, the pool's been off and you're just ba barely vacuuming all the junk out. And then, of course, you want to bring the, the chlorine level up to a shock level, 20 to 30 parts per million. Clean the filter if you need to. And then run that pool 
for 24 hours, 48 hours until it starts to clear up. So it may take a little longer for a pool using the flock method to clear up. But it is a method that's really effective if you have a vacuum to waste possibility, either at the filter with a multi-board valve, or if you have a portable filter like the Portavac, it's also a great method to use. If you have a portable pump, that's also something you can use. I wouldn't recommend taking the lid off a cartridge filter and then vacuuming a pool that you flocked because then all the water goes in the equipment area. This could short out things. It's not the cleanest way of doing it. The same thing with a D filter. If you have a push-pull piston type, you can't put it in backwash mode and vacuum it out. It's not designed for that. You're going to damage the grids and the system. So you definitely don't want to do that either. You need to have a dedicated multi-port valve with the waste mode for this to work. So if you're unsure if you have the right system for the flock method, you probably don't because you don't have the waste mode or a way to vacuum the waste with a portable pump. I would suggest doing the shock and awe method. It's effective with all filter types. Pretty much all pools can be cleared up with the shock and awe method or the flock method. The only time I've seen these methods fail is if the equipment's not running properly afterwards, if you didn't follow the steps properly, didn't add enough chlorine to the pool in the shock and awe method, or didn't add enough flock or aluminum sulfate in the flock method. Otherwise, this is a very successful way of turning the green pools around. And these are two methods that you could utilize. And of course, draining the pool would be a third method. And only under cer certain circumstances would I consider draining the pool down. And if it's necessary to do that, I'll take the proper precautions because you don't want to get a ticket for sure. And I do get emails all the time with people having problems with the method. And I'll, I'll look at the steps they take or took, I should say. And then I'll offer them some corrective suggestions. And more than likely, right after that, the pool starts to turn back around. So again, you have to do this correctly for it to be effective. And I think these two methods are tried and true for sure in the pool industry. If you're looking for other podcasts that I've recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That will take you to a drop-down menu of podcasts I've recorded. If you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.